Now, thirdly, it's a bad deal to follow the world because the world cannot satisfy. To keep it short, to really satisfy, you have to have the whole world. The Lord said, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world? And that's the only thing that would possibly satisfy. The whole world. And your lot in life is no good unless God gives you a spirit of contentment in this world, which the worldly man will never have. And while your heart lusts more and more after the world for more and more of the world, and when you see others prosper and you can't enjoy your lot in life, it's still Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. It's always a privilege to bring the message of the gospel to you wherever you may be, and I trust that you will be a regular listener at this time on this station as we bring the Word of God to your heart. The gospel, the good news that the Lord Jesus saves. Today, our main message is a bad deal, based on the text where the Lord Jesus said, What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So many are striving to gain the whole world. They will never be satisfied until they have more and more and more. And of course, it's impossible. It's an idealism. It is a grasping at straws. And that spirit of contentment, well, it's just not in the heart of fallen, sinful man. And there needs to be a miracle of grace. We need the new birth to have a new heart. And the Lord gives to his own people a spirit of contentment. But all that's coming up in our message today as we turn to Mark eight thirty-six. We also have a word today on saved from the guttermost. In the book of Ezekiel, we are told about the pardoning mercy of God, that those who will flee from their idolatry, their spiritual harlotry, as the Bible puts it, they will receive mercy, and God will become their God, and God will turn many to righteousness. And this is the hope of Canada. It is the hope of every gospel church and every gospel preacher that God has a purpose even in this land to lift men and women out of the gutters of sin and to bring them one day to the uttermost glory. That's the great message of the gospel that we're called to preach. And here at Let the Bible Speak, we're doing it by radio day by day. Stand with us, pray for us, continue to listen now as we let the Bible speak on a bad deal. There are so many of these cars still on the road. It's such a car that I would even sell it to my mother. And we may all be prey to such a sales pitch. The world has advertised itself as the real deal and the full package for fun, pleasure, and popularity. 
But the reality is that there is nothing in the world for your soul. The curse is in the fine print, and it will cost you your soul. Multitudes in this world are seeking it so badly. And I know because I was once there myself as a young teenager. I was aiming for as much of the world as I could possibly enjoy. I was aiming to seek ways to make money and to enjoy what this world would offer. And today the world is crowded. The broad road is crowded with those that are seeking the ways of the world. There are very few that want the narrow way. What a wonderful thing if you're a Christian tonight and you can say, I have chosen the narrow way that leads on to life. The worldly route, of course, is the easy way. It's the way to make friends. It may even be the way to make more money and to enjoy more of this world. It pleases the flesh, and it feels so right to healthy, young, adventurous, and those that are seeking the gain of this life. Now, in the moment, it seems to tick all the boxes that will satisfy. And it's like driving off in that used car that unsuspectingly has been sold to you as a good deal. But it's not long until that car breaks down and begins to break your heart. And tonight, the message that I want to give you is to simply expose the world as a bad deal. It will cost you your soul. And I bring you to the text this evening of Mark 8, verse 36. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul. And the world is a bad deal because it is temporary. It's just for a little while. We're told to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away. That's the bad deal. The world seems glittery and attractive, but it will pass away. The world has two expiry dates. The day that you're going to die and you leave everything behind because you will leave this world as you entered it naked with nothing. There are no pockets in death shrouds. There are no U-Haul vans following hearses. You are going one way, and you will leave it all behind. The other expiry date is the day that the Lord shall return, the day when He will come, and He will enter into His earthly judgment. Now, in this Bible and in the New Testament, everything in preaching and teaching is built on that realization that the world is but temporary. Whether the Apostle Paul is comforting the saints and he is telling them to endure hardness, whether he's calling them to face the fiery trials of persecution, 
He reminds them it's only for a little while that the light affliction of this world cannot be compared with the eternal glory that is awaiting the child of God. To suffer as a Christian because you do not bow to the world and its trials is worthwhile because this world is going to pass away. The earth, as we know it, is going to be burned up. The world has its cursed ground, its briars, its weeds, and all of these things will pass away when the Lord returns, when he sets up a a new kingdom, a new heaven, and a new earth. And the only thing that is worth living for is that which secures for you a home in that eternal glory. And I want to ask you tonight, is that how you're living? Is that what makes you move and step forward in life? Or have you resigned to the flow of the world and all that it's doing to you to drag you down from faithfully, constantly serving the Lord? It is to live as a fool for its instant gratification. It's to put all your eggs in one basket and to see them all crash. It's to place all your hope in one boat that is sinking. That's the man or woman or young person of the world. But if you're a child of God, you've got a good deal, and we will come to that tonight also. Now, it's a bad deal because this world is in rebellion to God. I want you to notice in verse 38 in this passage how the Lord Jesus stated this. Whosoever, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father. Now, that word adulterous is the opposite to loyalty. It's the opposite to being faithful. And this world has turned its back on God. This world has rebelled. It has shaken the hand of defiance in the face of Almighty God. Now, consistently in the Old Testament, in particular, spiritual adultery is the madness of running to idols, to false worship, to those things that are of no profit, that God forbids. And the Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 19, and we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Now think on that reference to lieth in wickedness. Now wickedness is not just lawlessness and rejection. Its primary meaning is harm, destruction, and the world lies in it. It's like the sow wallowing in the mire. The world takes delight in its own destruction. And have you not seen that? It's evidence all around you, even in our communities. The addicted, the rebel to authority, and those that are constantly destroying themselves, like the prodigal's way that ruined him. This is a sick world. It's a world that is bringing misery upon itself constantly. And it boggles my mind that in this age of information, 
whether it's in technology or medicine or in architecture or in any sphere of life, when there is so much knowledge and information that the world is still plunging into misery, war, self-destruction. And of course, the world is the child of darkness, the enemy of God. And how sad to see another generation in Canada grow up and to make such a bad deal by following the world. And we know that they're headed for misery and they're headed for ruin. Many young people started in life so promising. They are the pride and joy of parents. They have, in their earlier years, excelled. But at some point, it just seems they go off the radar into ruin. And it destroys their walk with God, if they ever had one. And I want to warn you tonight that the way of the world is a bad deal. Can you not see it? I want you to listen to the Apostle James in chapter 4-4. Ye adulteresses, adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. The tragedy is that many think they can do both, that they can be religious, they can be Christian, they can follow the Lord and still fool with the world. And that's the devil's lure. That's the trap. That's the sales pitch that the enemy is promoting constantly to your mind and multitudes in this nation. It's a bad deal. The Bible states it so clearly. You can't have the world and the Lord. You can't have the values, the rebellious spirit of an ungodly, wicked, vile world and still walk with God. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. That's the basis of fellowship. That's the way we build fellowship with God. And that word fellowship in 1 John 1, 7 means partnership. You are united. You are in with Christ in fellowship with Him. And our fellowship is with the Father and through His Son. Now, you've got a choice to make tonight. You're standing staring at this bad deal, and there are voices crying to you, follow the world. But you've got to say no. You've got to turn away and take up the cross of the Lord Jesus. That's what our Lord says in this passage. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's what you must do. Thank God there are many here tonight that are doing it. And how wonderful to come into the fellowship of a band of people who have a determination and they have a spirit of heart that I want to renounce the world. I want to be delivered from its ways. And I and taking up the cross, and I will follow Christ. Now, thirdly, it's a bad deal to follow the world because the world cannot satisfy. To keep it short, to really satisfy, you have to have the whole world. The Lord said, 
What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world? And that's the only thing that would possibly satisfy the whole world. And your lot in life is no good unless God gives you a spirit of contentment in this world, which the worldly man will never have. And while your heart lusts more and more after the world for more and more of the world, and when you see others prosper, then you can't enjoy your lot in life. It steals your joy. You may travel and see vast fields and farms and estates, and they only depress you because you can't have them. They're not yours. There are countries and continents so vast that you can only get smaller and smaller as you explore them. And to have a heart of lust for the world, it only grieves you. It said of Alexander the Great, when he was in his 30s, and he conquered as much land as he knew, that he fell down and wept because there was nothing more to conquer. And that can happen to you tonight. Like the miser who cannot get enough money and cannot bring himself to spend it, he is the proverbial miser. And then he dies leaving his money behind. He just cannot gain the whole world. And those who do gain some extra portion of this world, they are only burdened by them. The Lord warned of the thief that will break in, the rust that will corrode, and the uh, various ways that you can lose any amount of your possession. Paul said, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. A millionaire today, a pauper tomorrow. That's the fear of anyone that has a little portion of this world. Be not high-minded, we are told. Promotion in this world's riches, I can liken it to a man who's carrying two buckets, and then he tries to carry three. And oh, he was doing so well, but his greed called him to carry an extra bucket, and he ends up stumbling and burdened. That's the man of the world, and that's the way of misery that will never satisfy. And so to enjoy life with peace of mind and heart, riches will not do it. No matter how much of this world you may gain, soul satisfaction comes from totally different sources. I have to preach to you tonight because we're called to preach the gospel. I'm to t call you to turn down a bad deal, but I want to interest you tonight in the real deal, Calvary, and what our Lord Jesus accomplished on that cross at great cost by paying what the world can never purchase with all its silver and all its gold, because we are redeemed not by those things, but by the blood of Christ. That's how we're saved. And what a wonderful thing that this redemption is paid in full. And you are called to accept the offering and to enter into a new relationship with the living God. It brings peace to your soul. Calvary brings peace. As we think on that theme, there are so many portions, so many passages in the Bible 
that we can turn to and enjoy of. And we were once strangers, but now we're made nigh by the blood of Christ and have this peace. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church. And this is Pastor Ian Golliher calling all Canadians back to the Bible. In every city in Canada, and most likely in every small town too, there are red light districts, places where John's troll to find a prostitute. The sex trade is almost open business in our land, on the streets, through brothels, and dating sites on social media. This scarlet sin of women selling their bodies for sex is widespread, and everyone knows it's wrong, shameful, and horrible in society. Yet many turn a blind eye. But be assured that God sees, and God will judge. In Ezekiel chapter 16, one of the longest chapters in the Bible, God exposes the idolatry of Israel and calls his people harlots. And God goes one step further by likening the idolaters of Israel to an adulteress, as a wife who is married to her loving husband, but seeks other lovers. God said in verse 32, But as a wife that committeth adultery, which taketh strangers instead of her husband. This is treachery. This is perverse. To leave a husband's love to seek other lovers is the lowest of the low. And this is how God sees men and women who turn away from him, their true husband's love to worship idols and the world. God had taken Israel into covenant as his people. They were his own peculiar people. His name was put upon them, Israel, which means prince with God. God took them out of the world, out of Egypt, on the Passover night, when the angel of death saw the blood upon the doors and passed them by. God took them as his witnesses forever. He made a covenant of grace with them. He gave them laws to keep, and he gave them Levitical worship to glorify him. He made them a priestly people through the tabernacle and the temple. They were given a land to live and enjoy serving the Lord only but they became treacherous as an adulterous woman seeking other lovers. Ezekiel was to berate them as an unfaithful, proud, as Sodom, acting like heathen Amorites and Philistines. For this grievous and repeated sin against God, we might think there would be no hope, no way back to fellowship again. Yet, what we find at the close of this long chapter Listing Israel's spiritual harlotry, God reminds sinful Israel of his covenant mercy. Let me read verse 60. Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with thee in the days of thy youth, and I will establish unto thee an everlasting covenant. So God saw their sin. He rebuked Israel for the evil of their idolatries, but he also showed great mercy. He reminded them of his covenant mercies. So in Canada today, we can preach the gospel to the very worst of sinners, telling them of God's pardoning grace, if they will only repent and turn from their evil ways. 
God's mercy is for all who are ashamed of their ways. Here, verse 61, Then shalt thou remember thy ways to be ashamed. This is heart sorrow over sin. This is the root of repentance that causes sinners to turn away from their sins. And all is possible because our God is a pardoning God. Hear what Micah said in chapter 7, verse 18. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. This is what we need to tell all Canadians. God will have mercy on the very worst of sinners, even prostitutes, homosexuals, adulterers, alcoholics, and drug addicts with all the sins that attend these terrible addictions. God will save. Parents and grandparents take hope. That son or daughter is not beyond the mercy of God. Pray on. Believe the gospel and plead God's grace for their souls. This is the hope of this nation. Without a pardoning God, we would have no hope. But God will always remember his covenant mercy and will always save his people to set them apart from the world, sanctifying them in heart to live for his glory. So we keep on preaching the gospel of Christ as the Savior of sinners who saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 187 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services 
that are broadcast online. For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of his precious word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30am. You can contact us using our office number which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And this is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word.